Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as light workers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's the Word, we will discuss a word, think community, balance, tenacity, etc., in hopes of motivating our audience to incorporate more of that into their lives. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Good morning, Dreamcatchers. How are we doing? Hi, Marissa. Morning. Good morning, Jamie. We're getting used to being separated, as sad as it is for us. Um, Good morning, Megan, our guest this morning. We are so, so excited and um, happy to have her. And we're going to let her introduce herself in a moment. But we are here for a new episode of What's the Word? And today's word is planted behind our guest by accident and on purpose because she lives her day to day (laughs) with this word in her life. Yay. Um, So welcome, Megan Murphy. If you don't mind giving us a little brief intro on who you are um, and we will get right to it. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Yay. Um, so I am Megan B. Murphy. I am oh, Megan B. Murphy. That's right. Megan right. B. Murphy. Well, there's another Megan Murphy because it's such a leprechaun name. So I sometimes just highlight the B so I don't get confused with the other leprechaun. Got it. Um, <laughs> but so I am the content director of Woman's Day Magazine. Oh, oh, oh. And I'll show this is the latest issue. Of oh, Day I love Magazine. it. Wait, show it. Do your nails match it or not yet? No. So my, my I know nails you love to get in that matches. My nails match my book, not my magazine this uh, month. That's but I will okay. be doing the candy corn. Oh, that's a good plan. Isn't that fun? Yeah. It's early. We don't need to rush. I mean, that's the magazine okay. needs to be yeah. out, but we don't need to um, rush. Yes. Okay. Okay. See, I'm holding on to summer. So this is um, my second issue of Woman's Day magazine. I took over as the content director in March. Um, I am also the author of the upcoming Your Fully Charged Life. So this comes out in February with Penguin Random House. That's my first big book. Um, I'm also a co-host on the Off the Gram podcast, which I'm super proud of. We just became the number 30 health and wellness podcast on Apple. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of a regular TV personality on shows like Live with Kelly or Today Show or what have you. Just, I just think that's all I do. Those are the job jobs. And then I'm a you mom. Run, you run a couple other side hustle Instagram handles. I know you're like us. I, 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 I think I capped out how many Instagram handles I can run anymore. People yes. are like, can you? I'm like, nope, I have six on my phone. That's it. That's it. Yep. Your Instagram. Apparently, I, I can't do more than six handles at once. Well, and I um, run the yay list. So that is one of my hobbies is I do an Instagram called the yay list, which is a good news kind of feel good Instagram handle. I'm also the volunteer chief spirit officer of my hometown of Westfield, which I call Bestfield. So I run Bestfield, New Jersey Instagram as another hobby, um, celebrating community spirit. And I kind of use the hashtag love where you live because that's something that's very important to me. Sounds like us, Marissa. What do you think? I Pretty mean, much what we do here in our community in Fairhaven, Rumson area, New Jersey. So we met Megan last year at the Hearst Tower when we interviewed 
um, her former colleague at Good Housekeeping, Rachel Rothman, who I went to camp with. So she was on our podcast last summer. And funny enough, I think when I was on my way there, Tootsie, who we mention often on this podcast, is our dear friend, yoga teacher, dance teacher, was like, I think I know somebody that also works at Hearst. If you're there, I mean, at Good Housekeeping, you should say hi to her. Turns out it was Megan. And we end up having this love affair in Rachel's office. And ever since I've been wanting to interview her, because everything that she stands for and who she is and how she lives her life and even her whole social media presence reminds me so much of Marissa and me and how we do things and the Dreamcatchers community that we've created and just trying to bring light and joy to everyone's everyday, even especially now. So we, as we like to say, like to consider ourselves light workers. We think obviously Megan is a huge light worker in her day-to-day community, as well as her professional and personal lives. So, so happy to have you here today, Megan. Hey, and we got to take a workout class together. Remember we yes. went at for, for um, a Tootsie class. We did get to do that. As epic. We, oh my we, gosh. Missed, we missed the indoor Poe days, let's be fair. Oh my um, although Tootsie launched her own digital studio and it's been fabulous. I really miss being in person there a lot. I love. Um, although our Poe just reopened like inside, like I think you can, there's like nine or 10 people max in there now. So not the same thing, but it's, ha- it's starting to get there. Yeah. Um, okay. So we are here today to talk to Megan about how she lives her life with the word yay. Um, one of our favorite questions, though, to start us today that we talk on every podcast about being that we are such, you know, believers in dreaming and dreaming big and and living every day to try to fulfill some sort of dream. We love to ask our guests, what did you want to be when you grew up? So, you know, obviously you're doing a bazillion things now. We, we often find that whatever the person does currently sometimes correlates, not always with things they were into when they were a kid. So we'd love to hear what your earliest memory of what you wanted to be. Okay. I wanted to be an entomologist. <laughs> I loved bugs. I like called myself spider girl. I had a bug collection in the freezer, like all frozen bugs, Oh my god! With, like pins in them and all of their like different body parts identified. Like yeah. I never met a chalicerated arthropod. I didn't fall in love with like I was bug girl. Stop. I, so I normally can correlate anybody's first job to their storyline. <laughs> mm-hmm. I believe, hold the phone. I you believe you us. may have just stopped me. You may have just stopped us. We normally I, would be like, so like spiders have eight legs and like you have eight jobs. Like we're, you know, we're like usually yeah. trying to make some sort of correlation. correlation. I do have at least eight jobs. Yeah. There you go. Maybe that's it, Marissa. She was fascinated with things with more angles to it or let me throw a little anthro in there and be deep for a second you liked admiring all the different is the word species yeah sorry i don't want to say the wrong thing um all the different species and in a way perhaps you admire people through that same lens i would say i collect people the way i collected bugs i am so i'm in love with people um i absolutely love people i also raised earthworms i had like an earthworm farm and i like raised them in this clear plexiglass thing so that i could watch their tunnels and sort of understand their movement and i did a big science fair project I loved science. I had a rock tumbler. I would pull. Oh, I had rocks. a rock tumbler. I right. love that thing. Made I collected rocks. I mean, I had a big, massive rock collection. 
I was very curious and I was very fascinated by the world around me. And I think that's probably the correlation. So how did you get from just, I'm taking that all in, I'm taking it all in. I'm taking it in. So you, you're a Jersey girl born and raised also, correct? Yep. Jersey. Um, same. Um, so how did you get from being a bug collector to getting into the entertainment media world? Give us a little background on your journey. Just a quick snapshot of like how you started out in, in the business. Cause I know you did it right away, correct? In college and then right after college. Should I make it really quick? Yes, super quick. That's fine. Okay, so it's sort of a wacky story. When I, it's a very like long story, painful and bearable. I had some adversity in my high school years. Had an eating disorder. Best friend had a tandem eating disorder. She passed away. They made a TV movie about our life story. I subsequently wrote an essay about it when I was a senior in high school. I won a Horatio Alger National Scholarship and a ten thousand dollar essay. Uh, $10,000 scholarship. I was on an NBC special. I was highlighted with Don Johnson and Bob Costas for the host and Trisha Yearwood performed. So it was sort of a moment. Um, and then subsequently wow. the Star Ledger and YM Mags and a bunch of different news outlets sort of approached me and said, hey, we want to tell your story. And I'm like, oh, I can tell it for you. I'm a writer. Um, and so then I started writing. So I wrote the, you know, I wrote the piece for the Star Ledger about myself and I contributed to YM Magazine. And I turned that story in both of those instances into jobs. So I became a cub reporter for the Star Ledger when I was 18 and an intern for YM when I was 18, 19. And then I eventually hustled and was so fearless that I turned that into a contributor editorship um, while I, when I was 20 and was sort of juggling school and magazine life and newspaper life and kind of figuring out how to do it all. Um, and that's sort of how it progressed. So first of wow. all, I didn't, know, I didn't know those pieces. And now as I'm sitting here listening to you, as we're relatively the same age, it's vaguely familiar to me. And also I obviously read YM magazine. Yeah. didn't. Um, and so all the other magazines. Magazine. So I did my big story and it was sort of like, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a powerful story. Hey, listen, it feels like someone else's life now that I'm 45 and I was, you know, 16 at that, at that moment. Sure. Um, but it was very, very traumatic. And it was, a really formative life experience. I think from that bad came so much good. And, you know, I'm grateful for the life that I have because of those early hardships. Um, I talk about it in my book. I mean, it's part of the recharge. Chapter. I was going to say, like, I would assume that that would make a chapter for sure. Absolutely. It's a piece of the recharge chapter. Um, you know, and, and so I kind of made my mess, my message for a bit. I was the real girl love advice column. I was the healthy body image advocate in YM. I mean, I had like five columns and from there, I went on to be one of the founding editors of teen people. So I sort of progressed from there. Um, the, the, my boss was tapped by time Inc. I went with her. We started teen people magazine and I was subsequent. I was an actress. I was studying acting at Mason Grove school of the arts. So I was also then wound up, you know, doing some hosting work on MTV and commercials and off Broadway sort of juggling it all. I always say like, I never went to like a frat party or did a keg stand. Cause I was like at the Grammys, like it was sort of a surreal, not bad. But I will say this, there are two things that I want to say, I think that's very interesting, and very timely, um, as far as from a staffing perspective and people that have always wanted the New York City dream job, which you had. Interestingly enough, you did that in a way that most people didn't get to do at that time. You did that based on your own truth, which, yeah. by the way, in those years, truth was not something people sought. No, so I, I, I think what that was a very 
you know, 20, I mean, not to use the word in the, let's use the word in the right way, a very 2020 actual way of doing things, which you came up in the world and built your career on your honesty and your own personal journey and story. That's remarkable, especially in those years. Um, and then the other thing, so it's kind of, it's always sort of worked to my advantage. (laughs) Well, and, and, and you know what, Jamie and I just talked about this. And I don't mean this in a in a negative way. In order to truly be a light worker and make impact, you need to have had, I believe, struggle. Mm-hmm. Because oh, yeah. struggle and challenge and relatability comes from life experience. Exactly. If you don't have that rough, if you don't have any of those Achilles heels to share, why are people leaning into you? Mm-hmm. Right. I agree. And I think, you know, I don't talk about this often, but it made me think of it and not this a s- similar, but not same situation in that I ad- experienced a lot of adversity in my high school years as well, um, mostly surrounding anti-Semitism. And I had a few things happen, very, very poignant things happen in my life that looking back on also feels like somebody else's life. Yeah. However, I wrote my college essay about it. And I still to this day credit the fact that I I went through that for having gotten into Michigan, which is basically formed everything of who I am, of where I went to college. So I really sometimes think like if if that didn't happen to me, I don't know that I would have gone on my same path. So in the moment, yeah, like there's it, it seems easy to say, but I do believe there's a grain of good that can come from even the most horrific bad if you allow yourself to look for it. So, I mean, like even right now, this pandemic has been hard. The Black Lives, um, you know, the, the race revolution, it's all it's all hard and it's scary and it's tough. But if you let something good come from all of this bad, it's there. You know, I mean, there's there are silver linings. There are lessons. There are opportunities. Totally agree. I love it. Um, so that being said, typically we would ask you like what your first job was, which we just learned, obviously. Well, weirdly um, so- though, I did have before, before I, and I talk about this in my book too, because my favorite job I ever had was before I got into the media. And that was, I was a sales clerk at the icing in the Bridgewater mall. And it was my favorite job I ever had. I basically dressed housewives, um, in blingy, blingy, fabulous outfits for their Saturday, um, adventures and I loved it. And I, I loved connecting with people. I loved making people feel better about themselves. I loved giving them the extra charge. And it was one of my favorite jobs I've ever had. I love that because we often talk to people about their resumes. Obviously, that's what we do in our day-to-day jobs. And so often people don't highlight, forget about, ignore, and delete their experiences in retail and service and all the things, especially young people starting out will say to me, no, like my college counselor told me to take the retail job off my resume. But like what you just said is a perfect example of a talking point that if you as a senior level player were interviewing someone that also worked there or had a similar experience or worked at the Bridgewater mall, you might say, oh my God, me too. Like we all of a sudden you're talking about that. And it's all in your delivery and word choice. I, agree. Also, I also think too, it's like, why did I love that job so much? Why was I so good at that job? And if I can look at the, the skill set that that job required, the, the aspects of that job that really excited me, then I, then it can inform everything I do go forward. Right. I loved connecting to people. I loved making people feel better about themselves. I loved, you know, hearing about people's plans for the weekend and like, 
being a small part of that excitement and that celebration. So like those are the, those are the reasons I liked that job. So if those are the reasons I liked that job, what are the reasons I would like another job? What is some totally. of the skills? This is your preaching to the choir, girl. This is what I say all the time. Like my, I told this story a couple podcast episodes ago about how I was in PR for my first few years of my career, you know, calling on people like you as, as an editor and sending my product to you and, and all of those things when I first started. And I remember going to HR and kind of doing this soul search of like, I wasn't feeling it. And she asked me to go home and come up with the three things I love the most about my job. And I came back and said, the bulletin boards, the newsletter and the internship program. She's like, none of those things are PR. That's all HR. And really that exercise with her at 25 years old has paved the course for so many of the conversations I have every day now, which is you can figure out who you are and what you love and what it is that you love about a role. Even if it's not your dream job, you can find layers in that job that fulfill a dream, right? It you, can, is, you can find your yay. You can find your yay in your every day. I'm just, I'm just sitting here thinking about all the extra charges and all the yays and everything I'm hearing and how you've lived your life that way where the 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 brand or the name or the extra or the all the things that you've cultivated created a book around created your brand around came from your innate ability to see the good yeah. right yeah. um you know it's something i want to say quickly i've always wanted to say it on air and i think that this could be the most appropriate time i've always said that jersey people and that's all three of us yeah. we are who we are and we don't pretend to be anything we are not. Mm -hmm. And that I would say as a, as a state, a generalization is something that when you were listening to these three women, including me speak, you come from this place, which you don't realize when you on your way up with nature, nature versus nurture, there's something in the roots when you grew up here that allows you to be somewhat more authentic. Mm -hmm. I think in comparison I'm, I'm to so a lot of the people across the country. Mm -hmm. I, I never lived anywhere else. I've worked in New York for 20 plus years. I've never lived there. I am Jersey. I am as Jersey <laughs> as it gets. I love it. So you never lived in the city? Mm -mm, I With all those shops? Nope, I'm a Jersey so, girl. So you were commuting, were you you were commuting to YM? I commuted from Red Bank. I commuted from New Brunswick. I commuted from Jersey City and I commuted from Hoboken and I commuted from Bridgewater. I have never lived in Manhattan. Wow. And never complained a day in her life. No, <laughs> no. Some of those, by the way, a lot of those commutes are not as bad as people think. No, as I've done, not. as I've done three of the five of them that you just said. No. Um, okay, so obviously, you know, our our follow up question to that typically is, you know, are you still doing what you set out to do? Which obviously, here you are in your early twenties, really diving into, you know and getting kind of these opportunities that not fell into your lap, but that you were in the right place at the right time with your editor that you said left, went off to, to um, start team people, you went off with her. So tell us, you know, when you had that, you were writing at that time, obviously. So when do you have that aha moment that you, this is for you for the long term? like you want to run a magazine one day, like this is like your all time favorite. Because like I said, when I was young, you get to a point where you're like, do I want to be my boss or do I want to leave and do something different or go elsewhere? And I think what's so admirable about you, which is why we were conflicted about whether or not we wanted to talk to you about your word, which is yay, or your storyline, is we find it so fascinating when somebody really grows up in an industry and just keeps moving up it as opposed to deciding to 
you know, move around or leave and go back to school and get another degree. There's so many of those stories out there or who leave and start their own brand. So instead, for better or worse, you grew up in this industry now. And here you are. Well, here's the thing is like, I would say I just grew up. I don't think I necessarily grew up in this industry. So yeah. like, I don't have, I don't have lofty goals. Um, I didn't have like, a, I didn't try to predict a career path or muscle my way into different jobs. I basically just kept growing up. And as I grew up, I was YM, I was a teen. Like then I got to Cosmo. Those were my single years. Like it made a lot of sense that I was a Cosmo editor when I was in my twenties and dating. And then I moved on to self magazine. Well, that was, those were like my self formative years. That's when I got engaged. It's when I got married. It's when I had my kids. Like, it's not really an accident that I wound up at good housekeeping the second I moved to the suburbs and bought a house and had a swing set in the yard. Um, like my career path really just mirrored my phase of life because I'm good at things when I care. I'm good at good at things when I'm in it. I'm good at things when I'm living it. So for me, I was able to be more passionate and more like relevance in a role because it's, it's who I was at the moment. Like I bring myself to whatever it is I'm doing. So I brought my life moment to each, each phase of my career. Um, and it's kind of fun for me now. Like when I, I took over a woman's day, which I like to call woman's yay, um, mm -hmm. pre pandemic, but like in a moment where, I mean, I, I kind of call this magazine destination celebration where no holiday is left behind from taco Tuesday to, Christmas or Hanukkah. Like it's really about finding the yay in every day, being a joyful escape that helps people find hope and happiness in the smallest moments of, of the day and connect with family and friends. So like, this is the moment I'm in, in my life. This is the moment the world is in. And, and guess what? That's the magazine I get to make now. Um, so like, it, it's interesting for me that what I'm doing is just kind of an extension of who I am in the moment. I love that. I just got my hands on, unbeknownst to me how, uh, a copy of Women's Day. It might have been your first copy. Um, I don't Rainbow. know the timeline. Yes, it was, of course, yeah. it was Rainbow. Okay, so then there you go. Um, nothing's coincidence on my neck of the woods. So it came to my mail. Um, and I am guilty of enjoying, which by the way, I don't take a lot of downtime. Jamie knows this. I'm not very good at multitasking and doing all my things and watching TV. I'm, I'm the type of person that needs to be like, like I'm watching TV now. So I, I can't, but one of the things that I really truly enjoy is a casual magazine flip. Mm -hmm. I've always enjoyed it. I loved magazines growing up. I loved reading them. I have a subscription to real simple. I have a subscription to travel and leisure. I have things that I had a subscription to New York magazine, which by the way, still hurts that I don't have anymore. I love all local publications. I read the newspaper here. I don't know. I am fascinated. I wanted to be a news reporter at one point. Anyway, point is women's day comes into my mail. I have no idea why. And I read every single thing in it and loved universe, every single thing. The universe thing. sent you a copy of Megan's. Yeah, well, because it was, it was rainbowy and pretty and mind you, some of your hard work of that first magazine is in Summer's um, cover of her uh, her writing notebook. You know how you like have to make a collage? So because you had so much bright, happy things and all the good food, she cut all that stuff out and put it onto her um, her magazine. So we recycled, thanks to you. Thank you. Love it. Uh, anyway, the net net is it was just a dose of fun. And I didn't know. I didn't know. So, and of course it makes a lot of sense 
months. Well, and the, the crazy part is, is I took that job in March. So we made that, I never met the team. Like we've never been in the same room together. We completely reimagined and redesigned the magazine. It's a new logo. It's a completely new, new look and feel. And that was just something we did during quarantine. So during quarantine, I was finishing my book, which was due in April, starting this new magazine, redesigning this new magazine. Like, you know, it was like very surreal. We had no help with the kids. And so my husband and I are both trying to work all of our jobs in homeschool. I'm like making a paper sloth and then teaching handwriting and <laughs> telling them not to carry the one in math and scratching my head. And it was like, it was a it's crazy. Regrouping, Megan. It's called regrouping, as I've learned. I mean, like, I, I couldn't even carry one. Now I got to regroup. Come on. I can't. You know, I was going to ask you, you're somebody, now granted, we do a lot of things, Jamie and I, but you're somebody to me that is, makes me look sleepy. How is it? And I would have asked you this. How do you manage to do it all even then? But how are you managing to do it all now? Well, I, I always laugh about that because I don't do it all. Um, I only do what matters. And I think a very important thing in life is understanding what's important to you and making time for only that. Um, I don't make time for things that don't matter. So I'm not going to, I don't do things I don't care about. I know that my priority is family. So whatever it takes to put my family first, family over everything, like that's always going to be a priority. There's always going to be time for that. Um, you know, work is, is a priority and I'm passionate about it. So I make time for that. Fitness is non-negotiable. I will always sweat. Um, that's how I take care of myself. And for me, that means waking up early so that it, it really is about me and it's no distractions. Um, but for me, like I say no to a whole heck of a lot. It, it I do a lot, but I only do things I care about. So it never feels overwhelming. Are you a Pisces? Uh, I'm a Scorpio. But I'm an October. That was, that was close. Yeah, that was close. Yeah, Marissa is really good at, at nailing. So I'm a Pisces too. But I would say, Marissa, the difference between a Scorpio and a Pisces in that sentence alone is the no. Is the no because my issue, Megan, is that everything you just said is could not be more true for me. But I have I have a big challenge saying no. In fact, that was my New Year's. Res no, I don't even want to call it resolution intention for this year was figuring out how to not do all the things. Good news is the world gave you the answer. Yes. And then the world two months later was like, and you can't do all the things. No. No. The world was like, Jamie, you're, you have to really say no. Yeah. Reel it in Jamie. Um, okay. So tell us a little bit, you guys froze for a moment. So forgive me. I don't know if I missed something, but I think I just missed that question. What, and I think it was my own internet, but Tell us a little bit, obviously you're a senior leader now, you're just talking or have been, and you were talking about how you created this brand new issue, brand new look with a team that you had never met. So we love to talk to folks in your position, especially for our audience's sake, because most of our listeners are job seekers, job shifters, people looking to go back to work that just find, I just find so much inspiration on how you, your journey has gone. But I'd love to hear what you do as a as a boss, right? So tell mm -hmm. us a little bit how this has looked, this pandemic has looked for your team, what you've done to stay networked, what you've done to stay connected to them. What is it that it looks like right now for you and the people that report to you? Um, I would say I am a people first leader. Um, I sort of look at what we get to do for a living, making a magazine that's about celebrating 
um, where we put all the content through a fun filter. So if work isn't fun and we're not having fun and we're not being kind and good to each other, then nothing works. Um, I would rather talk to someone about their sick cat for 30 minutes than about a deadline if the sick cat is the pressing matter, right? It's like, I think that people, especially during this time, need to feel okay. And when people feel okay and cared for and tucked in, then they do a better job, period. So I think as a leader, for me, it's really important to understand that my staff feels heard, feels listened to, feels tucked in. Um, and from there, I feel like they do better work and we do better work together. I like that phrase, tucked in. Marissa and I like to tuck in our people too. Right. It's like the way I tuck in my kids. I, I mean, I am a mama bear. I'm definitely a mama bear. I feel that, um, you know, I want to, I want to feel cared for and appreciate it. And I want my team to feel cared for and appreciate it. And it, and it's very surreal. I mean, we've never been in a conference room together, so I don't know them intimately. I don't know their facial, you know, like when you work with someone for a while, like, you know what the face means, or, you know, what the gesture means, or you can kind of read the subtext. I can't right now. And I'll be very, like, I'll say to my staff, like, Hey, listen, when you responded to that email, note it. I took it as sort of a passive aggressive response. Are you okay? Like, were you frustrated by that exchange? Because that's how I'm interpreting your response. I just call it out right away. Mm -hmm. um, don't let anything linger. I did an interview with Shonda Rhimes once and she was like, always have the tough conversation. You'll waste more energy stewing over the thing that's bother you than just like having the tough conversation. Touché. I am always the person that's like, Hey, listen, this is this is how I'm interpreting this exchange. And let's just hash it out right now because I'm not really sure what's going on here. And, and that's what we do. Yeah, I really love that. And, and, you know, Marissa and I lead in a similar way. And I think now, you know, we've always had a small team. We've always had between the two of us, you know, at most, I think, five people that report to us. But now, as you obviously are um, going to be more aware of and likely we'll see on our social too. We've created throughout the pandemic, a community called the Dreamcatchers web. And now we find, um, and it's not often that we discuss this, but as you're talking, I'm realizing, you know, we have 150 paid members of our community that look to us as a leader now. So I think that it's really important that we take note from somebody like Megan, who leads a, a large team. And the, a lot of the folks that we speak to lead large teams and I've been part of a large team before. I was at CNN, part of a 360-person HR team. Um, never have I had a staff of that many below me. And by below, I mean just in, on the hierarchical scale, but within my organization. And I think it's really fascinating to hear from you kind of that sentiment, even at your level, because it's something I always loved in my leaders. So to be able to have some a leader that really like, cares about their staff and wants them to have fun every day. And especially right now, it's so hard to find that joy with work that the, the folks that we've been talking to throughout the last several months have all been that similar brand about. And you have no plans. They don't have any plans to have you guys come back into the office anytime soon, right? I mean, it won't be before the new year. Um, and I think after that, it will be kind of voluntary. And for me, like now, I mean, I'm not really interested in taking mass transit, yeah. not dying to be on a train or a bus or a subway. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I have, you know, school is sort of, I put my kids in a private Catholic school. Um, so my kids are actually in school five days a week, which has sort of been a pun intended godsend. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, we sort of figured that out. But I mean, it, again, like who knows what 
what the winter is going to bring. And like, you know, I'm sort of a fly by the seat of my pants kind of gal moment to moment, stay in my day. You know, today, this is what's working today. This is what's happening. I don't anticipate being back in the city anytime in the near future. Um, but I do miss, I mean, it, it, it's really crazy to make a magazine with never ever looking at all the layouts on a wall and like, like everybody gathered around a table looking at layouts and, and pitch meetings. Like it's, it's a different way to do it. I keep saying to my team, like, we've been so scrappy and there's that's sort of funny and fun. And I'm like, and P.S., we have the easiest out. If we tank this magazine, listen, we blame it on a pandemic. Totally. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a yay half full way of looking at it. You know, it's funny having been fortunate enough in my career to be in and out of offices in your world. I never really have taken the moment. Like I'm now visualizing what, you know, the good housekeeping office looked like or what it's been like when I've been into Hertz Tower or like obviously worked down the street well, you from Conde. Like, I mean, it's massive. I never even started this new job. So like, I don't even know where my, like my stuff was sort of like boxed up, going to get moved to a new space. And then I just never came back. I know. I never, st- I never started my new job. Like no. basically I got hired, then the world ended. Yes. So, so, so net net, you are an earthworm in one tunnel. Yeah. And you have yes. not figured out. See, I got it. Yes. I can always get it. You have not figured out how to get to one of those other. Nope. I'm still tunneling. Your tunnel. <laughs> you're, you're, I'm I love borrowing. There's our there's our correlation. I knew we'd find it. Um. So tell us a little bit um about. So obviously we touched on yay. You've said a lot of little snippets there that stood out to me throughout our chat already. But tell us a little bit about kind of how you live with this yay every day. So obviously, like you said, you wake up early, you work out. These things are non-negotiable. But how do you feel? You know, Marissa and I, just to backtrack, often are told that we're like megaphones for things we love. Right. I'm the first person to I'm very active on social. So I'm the first person to tag you and to share if I love like a new store. I'm like, look at this cute spot. And I post it. And it's just who we've always been. We celebrate others. We, we are megaphones for things we believe in. So I think I'm I'm guessing that you're similar that way. I, I follow your, all of your feeds and I see that you do that too, but how do you feel like that? What does the word yay really mean? Like, how did it come to be? How did it actually become more than just a thing for you? So the origin of the yay list, and it, this is also in, in the book, um, because the, the subtitle of the book is a radically simple approach to having endless energy and filling every day with yay. Um, and the origin of yay and the yay list is actually pretty deep. Um, I was a person who grew up inherently grumpy. I wore a grumpy necklace. I was very negative. I didn't want to go to Disney World. I figured it would be hot and there'd be crowds. I was miserable. I just was sort of a walking rain cloud, which is probably what sort of led me to some of my eating disorder troubles and whatever. I was not a very content, happy kid. Um, ultimately retrained my brain, started to live differently, et cetera, et cetera. My father um, got sick with pancreatic cancer. Uh, it'll be five years ago in January. Um, and he died. And and during that period, it I, I mean, I kind of reverted to my grumpy ways and was like, how am I going to get through this? He was my person. This really sucks. The world sucks. It's unfair. And the way I snapped out of that was was with a mission called Operation Good Grief. Every day, I would look for something that made me say yay, something that didn't suck. 
And it really, really started as something that didn't suck. I mean, I had three little kids at the time, like crawling in a hole and dying myself was not a choice. So I had to kind of embark on this Operation Good Grief mission. And so literally every day I would take a picture of the heart foam on the latte, or I would take a picture of the daffodils at the end of my walk, or I would take a picture of my cute workout leggings or a motivational tank top and be like, okay, I like this Operation Good Grief. This doesn't suck. And I would focus on that thing for on a daily basis. And I did that for two years, finding that moment that didn't suck every single day capturing it, highlighting it and sharing it. And I sort of kind of started a community around that of this Operation Good Grief Posse of people who are going through similar loss or tragedy or in a bad spot. And, you know, we began to carry each other through. And so about three years ago, I realized like, I'm in a good spot. Like I still miss my dad every day. It still stinks, but um, I've moved through it. And I don't really want to talk about it as grief anymore. Um, I want to talk about it as yay. And so Operation Good Grief morphed into the yay list. So I still look for the yay in every day. I still, you know, uh, I'm grateful for the good things around me. And I'm, I'm constantly spotting the yay almost automatically now. Um, but I just moved away from thinking of it in terms of grief and Operation Good Grief. And it became the yay list. I love that. And then how did that move into you writing a book? Tell us about how that happened. You know, it's one of those things, like, I think that like you kind of think about yourself and what do people come to me for? What do people ask me about? What can I give to other people? And the thing that people always come to me for is my energy. Um, I have good, positive energy. I wake up energized, happy and excited. I have a big, fat, grateful heart and an attitude of gratitude. And I have some secret sauce. Um, and so I felt like, okay, like if I could share this secret sauce without sort of like doing a main line to my vein to like suck it out of me, what could I do? I can't bottle it, but I can write about it. Um, and I, you know, I've been a service service journalist for 25 plus years. So the way I live and the way I'm able to live is really based on lots of tips and tricks and strategies proven in positive psychology and neuroscience that, um, that are really actionable and easy for anybody to do once they get the roadmap. And so that's what I put in book form. It kind of looks at your life as different charges. So it starts with the positive charge, how to retrain your brain to more automatically see the good. Then it's, there's the work charge, like how not to be an asshole and find a job that doesn't suck, like, and Mm -hmm. how to follow your passion and have purpose. Um, The love charge, like why it's so important to treat strangers the same way you treat your family and how all of those relationships um, can cause magical sparks to happen. Then the extra charge is the importance of like, you know, decorating, celebrating, having a power color, dressing up to feel up and the science of that. The recharge is it kind of goes through, um, you know, Operation Good Grief, the pandemic, moving through loss and crisis and and how to stay optimistic and hopeful and energized in in the worst of situations. And so that's kind of um it kind of that that's what the book is doing. It's basically like lightning bolts for all areas of your life. I, I love think, love love this so much. Me so too. I, and I think what's interesting and very and speaks volumes to you, your career, your position in life, I, I think that the universe has been extremely kind uh, uh, or supportive. I shouldn't say kind, supportive to your journey because the timing of this book, um, and I never say weird, synchronized and beautiful. I would say it is incredibly timely that your words of wisdom are coming out into print when we need them more than we would have ever in a million years 
conceived. Well, where like they were quite your your story was important before this. Now it's revitalized in a way where we would know if you had given us ten billion dollars, we would have yeah. been like, oh, you're crazy. We would never have known we'd be on this side of the coin. And it was weird because like in April, as I was finishing it, I actually rewrote the recharge chapter because the recharge chapter really in initially in the first pass of the book was about, you know, my father's death, losing my best friend and and like all of that kind of loss. But then I like rewrote the chapter. I'm like, wait a second. I wasn't really banking on a global pandemic. We've all lost something now. And so the the, the chapter grief. starts with collective grief and what yeah. we're all going through. Um you know, and then I pulled it back again because after the the Black Lives Matter movement, and I said, like, there's, I need to address this. I need to address microaggressions in in the work charge. So, you know, I pulled it back one more time, and um, and now it's, you know, my cop. This is fake. Actually, it's not actually printed yet. This is fake. <laughs> it's somebody <laughs> else's book with with my cover because um, it doesn't actually. It really doesn't come out till February twenty third. It's just pre sales available now. Um, you know, I think we have so much in common as you speak. Wait, I, when I, does it come out in yeah, the spring? February, February 23rd. But you can buy it now. Not, not ironically. I, and I will. And ironically, but not ironically, on a 23, which is Marissa and I's favorite number we talk about often. In fact, that was the basis of a lot of our original Dreamcatchers web communication and pricing. And 23 is our, our number. So no when way. you start that, I'm like, 223? Like, no way. Um, so so much of what you're saying is so important to me and to Marissa. I know I speak on her behalf. I mean, that's just who I am. That's how I live. In fact, that's my role in my family, in my partnership with my sister, in my friendships is the positive light. And it is hard to stay light and bright all the time. I get emotional even thinking about it because it is my role. It is who I was put on. It was put on this earth. Oh, don't to get be. emotional. I'll get emotional. I love to cry. I love, I, I cry every episode. But I really believe so heartedly that like I was put on this planet to bring joy to others. That's who I am. It's who I am in every group of people. I'm the one that sends the like, like lovely text in the morning to my group threads to say something positive to get through your day with. And sometimes I get like Marissa writing back and being like, I'm just lucky I didn't spill coffee down my dress. But I, I hear your sentiment. Thank you. Um, which is true. It happened this week. Um, but I do think, you know, it's, it's hard to stay that way. And I love that you put it in book form because I'm sure you yourself have to stay inspired with your own words, but I'd love to hear from you, like what inspires you, right? So here you are living this life, spreading this joy and the yay. What are you reading, consuming, um, you know, uh, following that you are staying inspired by besides of course, fitness. I know that's important to you. And I agree that that keeps us both going as well. Um, anything else that you find that you're finding the inspiration through? Well, I feel very lucky that I get to make a uh, Women's Day magazine because we created a column called Finding Joy. And so the whole point of that column is to find joy on a daily basis. So like this month, we're celebrating teachers. So we got to seek out teachers um, like Mrs. Honey, who calls her class her hive and drove around in a car like that looked like a bumblebee. Like, I'm so inspired by Mrs. Honey. Like, she's amazing. And I love her. We did a whole thing of like quarantine celebrations and how this one woman for her birthday ran around the neighborhood in a unicorn costume. I'm like, I want to be your best friend. You inspire me. Um, so for me, it's other people. I mean, I really sort of look to other people. We have 
military heroes in the December issue, like in the November issue. And then we're looking for Christmas miracles. So for me, it's just those moments of everyday people also finding ways to celebrate, finding ways, finding their own yay. I'm so moved and touched and excited by that. I think the key is, is like, I'm not always happy. I have crap days. I have crap experiences. I have real stress. I think the key is then battling that with gratitude, right? Battling any of that hardship with an attitude of gratitude. Like, okay, if I'm overwhelmed or something sucks or I'm feeling stressed, well, what's one thing I'm grateful for? Like, what is one thing that is going well? You know, what's one thing that I can say I'm lucky for? And once you sort of start to stew on that, like kind of live in that good, it kind of gets harder and harder to feel like crap. Well, you're, you've, you've built an arsenal for yourself of yeah. how to, you're a toolbox to how to regurgitate your mind so that you can get through your day and stay focused on positive. And I think right now, the work that I'm doing, the work that Jamie's doing, the work that you're doing, listen, it is hard to raise our voices against all the volume of yuck. Yeah. There is a well, lot of yuck. And if you can't hear the rest of us trying, listen, what you're saying, there is a lot of good. Our culture, for whatever the reason, is attracted to negative. It is. So it's so much easier to be negative. Sure. To well, be, we have, be and, that's, and that's primal. I mean, that's our negativity bias. Like it is very, yes. very simple. Like we're trained. Ooh, dangerous snake. Be aware. You know, like we're our bodies and our minds are primed to have this negativity bias. I was born that way, right? Like I was, I was really leaned that way. And I have systematically retrained my brain um, to live in a way that is more joyful, optimistic, positive, and ultimately happier. Um, and that's what I'm like, the reason I'm really proud of the book and, and really like so overwhelmed and excited to put it out into the world is it really is kind of like a manual. And the whole premise of the book is like, nobody's broken and I'm not going to fix you, but I guarantee tomorrow could be more awesome. And there is no doubt in my mind that one of these tips, one of these tricks, one of these strategies is really going to stick with you and it's going to help that happen. Right. And if you can get that, if you can get one lesson to one person, mm -hmm. you're doing something that's so profound because the truth is, is it is really hard to find yay sometimes. Mm -hmm. And if you have a place to go and look it up, or, you know, a magazine to read to remind you or your every every ounce of work you're putting out into the world is to focus everyone else's energy on positive. It's a blessing. I mean, you're a blessing. I am going to tag you in something. There's a woman. This is so you. There's a woman in my neighborhood that for whatever reason, I do know now her reason. I couldn't figure it out for a couple of weeks. She has an enormous purple and pink paper mache camel on her front lawn. Oh. <laughs> Okay. So okay. now, you know, imagine me, but by the way, I look for the yay too. My yay, I tend to, I tend to think it's coming from loved ones and spirit. And I believe and all that in, in, in my universe perspective, but when I'm making a left and I see a purple and, and, and coral camel, I don't necessarily <laughs> think that that's my grandpa putting anything in my way. I think it's more like, <laughs> why is there a camel on someone's front lawn? <laughs> So anyway, it's very Megan B. Murphy, and I will find I will find it and tag you. Is it for Hump Day? Like, what is what it? Is it for? She was an. I found out someone interviewed her locally. There's a, a woman who um, I don't know personally that I need to eventually meet here. Interviewed her. She's an artist, and she was doing something for school, and I, I guess it never got used. So 
she was helping her family do something for school. It's never got used to it. Instead of celebrating local heroes with just, you know, run of the mill sign, she put this huge camel out. And then when you pass by, you can decorate the camel however you deem fit. Oh, I love her. It's on my I list. That. It's or on my list to get that. over there with my kids. So that you got to go over on a Wednesday and do a hump day photo. I know. I, I, so I, where, I where where is that? It's on. Um, I, I think it's Harrison. It's either Harrison I have to or Lee. Check it out. I've never seen it. I'm, so you you can't miss it. All right, I'll have to go down Harrison then. Um, so tell us. Obviously, you know we we believe in so many things and in, in mantras and superpowers and. I think we've touched a bunch on the things that you bring to your staff, to your friends, to your professional and personal relationships. Do you have, besides of course, yay, but do you have a mantra, like a specific Mm -hmm. words you say to yourself or to others that you would want to impart on our listeners? If you ask my kids, they would say the two things that come out of my mouth most is there are, there's no room for hate in our hearts and stay in your day. Um, I think those are the two biggest things. Like if my kids are like, I hate peanut butter. I'm like, really? You're going to waste your energy hating on peanut butter. Like don't use the H word in my house. Like I really am trying to raise a family who understands that hate is, is a nasty evil word. And it's a waste of energy to hate on, to hate on anything. Um, And then stay in your day is just a constant reminder to my family and to myself to be present and to worry about now, not tomorrow. I keep I, like my reference point for that is like, imagine in February, you're like, oh my God, like, could you have ever fathomed that this would happen? Like anything that's happening. So like, we could worry about that. We could worry today about tomorrow, but who the heck knows what's happening in this crazy world. So like, for me, it's like right now, right today what can can I control what can I be accountable for like I'm just going to be here I'm going to be now and I'm not going to worry about tomorrow or next month next year next week next anything yeah Um, Marissa is good at that she but she then we get ourselves in trouble where we're like wait we have a podcast tomorrow you know like all of a sudden like something happens where we're like I've been so focused on today I forgot what I have to do tomorrow but I am not a good planner and my husband that would probably be like one of his most annoying things with me it's like well you didn't even think about the weekend I'm like no I was too busy thinking about today yeah So, so I do a lot so it's interesting I have somehow or another able to decompartmentalize my brain where I can do what I need to do during the day and I can think a little bit ahead, but the, there's extra noise where I'm like, nope, I'm not thinking about that until I have to. Yep. So, you know, my, one of my best friends, she's getting a shout out on here. She'll like plan like something way in advance, like, like, like a, like, like a, like I have a good a, example in like March, she'll send me a text, Carrie. Are you talking about Carrie? Yeah. 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 I'll get like a text in like March. Like what should we get Marissa for her birthday? I'm like, her birthday's in June. Like I'll deal with it. Like May 31st. Like, yeah, and I'll put on my planner, like, you know, June 1. Yeah, talk June 1. About. Deal with Marissa's birthday gift. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't need to think about that in March. Who has time for that in March? Anyway, but I have something that I want to ask that I want to make sure we make sure I ask. So you're the yay and the charge. At what point did the lightning bolt become a a, a part of the storyline? It was it was it oh. a friend that I feel like oh, and you just me. got you just got something here. Yeah, she did. Look at that. Ooh, well, now we now we really can't forget because I'm guessing that's not henna. No, that's, yeah, that's henna. not henna. That's ink. Um, so my mother is the OG bolt. Um, my mom is a real f- 
firecracker. And one of my favorite pictures of my mom is on her honeymoon where they road tripped to Yellowstone National Park with my aunt and uncle and my my dad. And my mom has like these cool braids and she's wearing like this, like she's got like this, like lightning bolt tee. And it, it was like just so cool. And it's my favorite picture of my mom. And it was like sort of just always hanging in the house and I just loved it. And so I've always sort of associated with that bolt. Um, so I sort of say my mom was the OG bolt, but um, it sort of just became a symbol for staying fully charged and being electric and kind of just a symbol for everything I, I want and stand for. I love that you came on it like that. You know, Marissa and I, when we were forming our podcast, you know, we work for our family business called Choice for, you know, many years, but between the two of us, almost two decades. And when we were trying to conceptualize, a, a you know, a new part of our brand and who we stand, what we stand for and who we are, we happened to be in Tulum, like right prior wow. to, to launching. And we were with Tootsie on a retreat and everywhere in Tulum is dream catchers. They're everywhere. They're above your bed. They're hanging everywhere. There's like amazing, like yarn, you know, above you in restaurants and when you really research what a dream catcher means, it is so similar to your lightning bolt in that it it really encapsulates who we are. We we trap the bad dreams so that the good stuff can come out the feathers. And that's what we try to do to our guests, to our with our audience, with our you know people that come and talk to us, that we're not just dream chasers, um, but we're dream catchers. We help people catch what they're looking for. Um, so similar kind of concept, not on a cool t-shirt, but had this like aha moment where we saw it and we're like, that is exactly what we're trying to say. Well, it's sort of weird for me now how trendy lightning bolts are. Cause it's always been a part of like yeah. my vocabulary. So I'm like, oh my gosh, they're everywhere. Like, uh, and well, I now you can get like, they copied your mom. They copied, yeah. your, mom. copied your mom. I have a fun picture where I did, I had my mom from her honeymoon and then I had Charlie, my daughter had a lightning bolt t-shirt a couple of years ago for a dance costume. And then I had me and I had the three of us and there's like the three generations of uh, electric women. And it was, I love cool. that. So as we wrap, is there anything that we should have asked and didn't like anything you didn't get to talk about or say that you wanted to be sure you said to the audience, any last minute nuggets of wisdom? Obviously, there's so many through this conversation that we received. Um, and then we're going to wrap with like a special little last fun question. But anything business wise or career wise or anything we didn't get to that you wanted to be sure to say? No, I mean, I'm I'm very proud and very excited about the book. I, I hope everyone will read and pre-order your fully charged life. I'm really proud of of Woman's Day, aka Woman's Yay magazine. I think it's a fun um, escape right now in a world that can be kind of scary and overwhelming. Um, you know, I'm I'm proud of my Yay List Instagram, and I'm also proud of my podcast. We're doing um, the wellness podcast off the gram, and um, we just did like a two part series on the F Factor diet that went a little viral. Oh. Ah, yeah. I'd love to watch that. We hit a hundred thousand downloads, and um, we're doing a fun event with Ariana Huffington, a live event on October fifth at seven p.m. And the goodie bags are sick. It's sort of like a girls' night in um, chat live show with Ariana Huffington. So that's going to be neat. Awesome. Well, I'm very, I'm very appreciative of you slumming it with us this morning. Oh my gosh! Oh, um, no, you know what? I listen. I, 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 I'm pulling myself up. 
one little step at a time and I won't ever give up. Listen, I think everything that you're doing is so incredibly remarkable. I'm thankful to have you in our web. Um, it, it is, I admire, um, I admire you. I know having done my life, my way, it's not easy. I mean, writing a book is, I mean, I wrote the children's book series. I didn't oh, yeah. have, I didn't have the connections. Um, it is not something that is an easy feat. Um, no. and then also, um, having, you know, the day-to-day interaction with the editors and the publishers. I mean, it's, it's, you've, you've had a lot on your plate. You've had a lot on your plate and, and it's going to be amazing because it's going to help so many people. I picture one day this, my, my, my zoom nook, I'll face it the other way. Cause my books are on this side, you know, it'll be right up there next to my oh. highlighted untamed and my highlighted ah. signs and yes. all the things that I now as a fully developed mentally, also fully developed everywhere else, but fully developed <laughs> mentally. That's that's how I digress. Um 40-something-year-old woman, I need, I need, and I always say this: the reason why I create the podcast, the reason why we have our community, the reason why I lean up is because I never had it. Mm-hmm. So I have no one to lean up on. I don't have a big sister. I worked for myself forever. I never worked for a big, huge company. And I look to people like you as somebody to say, hey, listen, she does what I do ish. She's doing this, 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 and this. I want to read her book because I want to hear what she has to say because I trust her and I admire her. And I can't wait to celebrate you in my yay way. Because I'm thr- I'm thrilled about it, and I, I and I and I truly truly believe that there are so many people that are going to benefit from your words of wisdom. Um, and I'm fortunate and to know you personally. Work. Like it's all science. Like here's the thing, though. Too, I I had a research partner because it was very important for me to get the science right. There is incredible science backed strategies in this. It's not just like what Megan Murphy thinks. Like it's science backed. Right. So, I like so the, I love that. So, so the think, bugs are there, is what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, there's bugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's the bugs that again. goes back to the science. It I had to have the all science. the science. The science, the science comes back in. And I do, I agree with you, Marissa. I mean, I, we all, my sister and I both, and a lot of our friends just finished reading Glennon's book. Um, I did it via Audible. Just shout out to Audible. It was my first time I've ever done. A Ooh, I, hope you get, I hope you do that, Megan. I'm I recording it. I can't record it yet. I have, I'm, I am, I'm, I am the voice. I will be the one recording it. I neg- that's in my contract is because I want really it important for me to be it, My dog's trying to bang down the door right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so I will be recording. I, mean, I think your voice would be great. I agree. Cause you have that voice. And I, I loved listening to Glennon's book because I did it for time reasons, but I also did it because I was told that it was awesome that way. And I think your book would be great that way. So I can't I wait to be weird to read my own book. Like I'll probably cry a lot. Cause it's like surreal. It is yes. very surreal to be like, Oh my God, I'm re- I wrote this and I'm sharing it. It's like reading your own article. out well, loud. And, and it's also not for nothing. And I say this, it's something people forget. It's art. Yeah. Right. It's my heart. So this was your art. This is your story. This is as inside as it gets. That's why it was. It's funny because I've made magazines for 20 plus years and I, you know, I'm so proud of the work I do in magazines, et cetera. I've written a million articles, done whatever. But this book is sort of like my heart, soul, my life in book form. It is very, very personal. I'm very, very emotional about it. Like, I mean, it's, it's like giving birth to a fourth child and being like, I hope you like it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The name I chose, do you like, like, it's like, you're, real, yeah. you're really putting yourself out there. No, it sounds like it's going to be a, a, a one that I will, well, I will read it for a lot of reasons, but it sounds like one that I will need to read and that we all need right now. And like Marissa said earlier, it is not an accident that it's happening now. And I think that this is great timing. I think people are seeking community and content that feels inspirational to them. I mean, that's why I think everyone I know is reading Untamed right now, just because we are seeking that inspiration, that connection, that she gets me moment. And I also think the normalization, yeah. normalization, validation, and also just frankly, positivity and reality. So, you know, and if there's anything that's going to come out of this pandemic, um, and a lot of things, there are actually a lot of tremendous, incredible things that are going to come from this pandemic. Yeah, and um, I don't know if you guys know Marie Forleo, who did everything yeah. is outable. She she loved the book. She's endorsing it. And uh, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So she's a fan, and Joan London um loved it, and Paula Ferris and Brendan Farbstein, who's a, a Gen X, Gen Zer that I'm really admire. So like you know, I'm I'm proud that a lot of early readers um have come back and, and really were excited about it. Kate T. Parker, who wrote Strong as the New Pretty, um, is one of my reviewers and she really loved it. So, And let's not undervalue, by the way, the Gen Z. Um, I, 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 I think what's hard about our generation and above is that we were trained a different way. So we're untraining. We, yeah. we are literally becoming untamed and we're raising children to be stronger versions and kinder versions and less microaggressions and all the things that we unfortunately had no choice. We came up yep. in a time where you didn't, we didn't know any better, right? Exactly. So, so when you have somebody of a younger generation admiring your words, you're doing something right. Yeah. Do you guys know Brandon Farbstein? He's a cool dude. Um, he's I think so. Ed talks. Yes. Um, I feel like I just, somebody else just told me to follow him and I can't remember why. I'm, I'm such I'll a look him up. He's like a really, like, he's just like a cool, he's a cool dude. Well, I think, you know, this has been eye-opening for me in a lot of ways. I love having these conversations. Marissa, I just have to digress and say your earrings via Zoom look like viewfinders, like that old toy. Yeah, yeah. (gasps) That like, I'm going to click through and look at the worms. Um, (laughs) Okay. Enough of the business, just a quick question at the end that we like to wrap with. We always have a fun question we wrap with. And I think, you know, it's very hard to ask. One of the questions we used to ask was about travel, which I think now everybody's answer would just be anywhere other than here as we ask where people would like to go. But as somebody that is such a yay person and, and likes to celebrate, I'd love to hear from you if there's anybody else out there besides, of course, what we've already talked about who you just think has done a tremendous job right now. Is anybody you're brand crushing on um, either locally or nationally that you want to shout out as, a, as something that's giving you yay every day? I know, you know, and we would tag them obviously when we post this, because we think it's fun to just hear, you know, where everybody's finding their joy. I'm like, I'm like a geek for Nora Fleming. Do you guys know Nora Fleming? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She does those like little, like those dishes with the interchangeable charms that are mm-hmm. like, that you can basically celebrate Tuesday. Like you can put any, like there's so many interchangeable charms. Um, and she just tragically lost her business partner and brother um, in a car accident at the start <sighs> of the pandemic um, and had been going through a hard time. And I just find um, 
so much joy in her full collection. And she has an entertaining book that she just put out. So I really adore, I adore anything that helps you decorate and celebrate. Um, and I love everything from mud pie. I like go to orange drugstore, my favorite little place. When that finally reopened, it was like just walking through there. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I was basically doing like zoom shopping with, um, Teresa, the manager at Barron's drugstore in Westfield. Like I'd be like, I have a today show segment. Can you help me zoom shop for props? Oh my God. Um, I love it. I love oh, that. Mud pie, mud pie has always done such a good job. All the gift stuff. So we have like the yeah. birthday hat, the birthday glasses, the birthday plate. I think you posted something that I wanted to buy. The birthday, birthday pillowcase. Pillow birthday pillowcase. It's amazing. They, you put it like on their pillow the, the night. Yeah. Before. Wait, no way. That's so fun. That takes the balloons and the whole thing up a notch. I'm sort of bum though. I posted it and then they sold out because I went back <laughs> to get. Um, well, I mean, you got to be quiet when you real. I mean, it, it's a double edged. It's a double edged sword there. That was the problem because I went back to get one for my best friend for her birthday. And it was like the only one they had one left and it was birthday boy because you can get birthday, birthday boy or birthday girl. And the only one left was birthday boy. And I'm like, I should have bought more. That's very mod. So uh, there was a woman we interviewed um, a few months ago. Her name is Bola. She's amazing. Oh, Bola from Rawway. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Yeah, she's my friend. No way! I yeah, mean, we yeah. met. So like, Bola and I met in Detroit at a mother mother honestly conference. Yes, she's and very we were well like, met. wait a second, you. So we started meeting for workouts pre pandemic at Alpha Fit Club. So, oh my okay. god, that's hilarious! We adore her. She's amazing. We call, we call that web at work. Web at work, baby. Everybody um, so, web knows each other. Somehow. So Bola did when we interviewed her. She did. She was doing her. I guess it was her daughter's kindergarten graduation Ooh. virtually and it was it's all in, lemonade. Um, i put it in woman's day it's in the it's oh my in god the, yes yeah i saw it in there wait oh my god i'm putting that all together i took a picture of it i didn't even connect that megan b murphy i didn't connect that until yep. just now i took a picture of it because i saw it in there and sent it to my friend carrie who is who introduced us she like she loves exercise totally. she loves to celebrate she decorates and by the way she has like maybe more handles than you just saying she That's runs it. a lot of handles and, like, she she has a lot of handles and like saves small countries she does also, a lot of amazing raw way and like i call it raw way to go and like my husband feels like raw way is the future of new jersey it is a cool place it is a cool place i've heard yeah, that actually Thanks, such a big shout out. That's so funny. But how cool was that lemonade? I mean, it just makes it all of it. It was so amazing. I like called her. I'm like, um, I need to put that. I'm doing quarantine celebrations. Can you send me pictures now? Because I'm going to print tomorrow. Best. See, I mean, I, I psychically had that and didn't even That's realize funny. it. Anyway. I was trying to find a picture of it while we were finishing talking so I could pull it up because it was so good. Um, but with one other thing I want to say to you before we hang up, how great. This is important because the world is now going to hear your story. But when and and my, that's macro, but micro, your team that you really haven't gotten to spend that kind of time with can watch this back as homework and now really feel like they've been in the conference with you. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. See, guys? Okay. We, we've unpacked your boss. See them? Yeah, there, there it is. Oh my God. I think the picture that's in the magazine. You can't can't do it justice like this. Oh yeah. Like one, let's see. Let's see. Oh my God. There's such cute pictures. I think that might be, 
I forget which one I ran in the magazine, but it's so cute. It's so cute. And you know what? It, it was cute. Here, here, let me say it. Let me say it in a way for, for moms that maybe don't necessarily, or parents that don't necessarily have those skill set. It was so cute in a way where you didn't feel like you didn't do a good job with yours. Well, and her friend did, she didn't do the balloon wall. Her friend did the balloon wall. She just sort of put the whole thing together. Because there's yeah. a cool company that does, I forget who does the balloon wall, like the backdrop. Yeah, yeah, the backdrop. Yeah, so we have a company here now that just Coco Kiki, they're in our web. They just started doing balloon walls like this for like people's drive-by birthdays. It's a really cool. Talk, talk about talk about finding maids. Yeah, right. Is a yay. The, yeah. the 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 drive-by birthdays. Well, anyway, I digress. This was so lovely. Thank you so much for being here, Megan. Um, you know, I I love following along with your journeys on Instagram. I personally, as you probably see this because I comment on like every other thing you post because I think it was like your mom's birthday like <gasps> like surprise and I was like hysterically crying I like, don't know Megan's mom and I'm like this was so sweet and like your voice on the camera Megan's mom's like, in Long Branch right she's down here in Long Branch that okay wait that that place oh my gosh personal touch experience is incredible with New Jersey wildflowers Ashley, who runs this business, it was the most magical, amazing, incredible thing I could have ever pulled off because my mom's birthday was during quarantine. So she, we were going to go to Butcher Block. Mm-hmm. We had Butcher Block. We we're supposed to have a dinner at Butcher Block in, is that in Rumson, I think? Is it Long Branch? It's Long, Long Branch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that got canceled. I was supposed to take her to Broadway to see Kill a Mockingbird and everything was canceled because it was quarantine. So we did this special backyard dinner with personal touch experience and it i mean she didn't my mom didn't stop talking about it for two weeks oh that's so nice if you didn't see it it was on her feed you know what i'm thinking i'm thinking that when we when we go to put this out to do a a dream catchers day list of all the things that we've celebrated yeah because we've just done a really nice job starring and 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 showcasing is listening so she'll help us with that okay um we even we even included carrie um, we even included like, Carrie. <laughs> thank you for being here today. Enjoy your freedom today. I know your kids are at school all day, which our kids are not. Marissa's kids are in her hashtag home. kids at school all day. Oh my gosh! It means like I just try to churn work till three o'clock because then I'm on like homework duty and then dinner. Like it's so Soccer. it's basically like from eight to three. I got to churn. And then wait, what workout did you do this morning? I've been doing F45 at 615 because mm-hmm. it's in a parking lot and it's like super spaced out. I'm not sure what, I mean, I'm not going to go inside with them because I'm not, my husband's not super comfortable with me. I was very, very sick last year with double pneumonia and flu and I'm asthmatic. So I'm a little immunocompromised and precious. So I'll be probably back to Peloton and Bonded by the Burn Zoom workouts after we go inside did you i'm a little i'm a little afraid of following you on peloton i feel like you'll crush us you know i'm i was a certified spin instructor i don't love spin i love fit x kendall like that's fit kendall too the only way i can kendall but i i'm just i like i don't love spinning i don't love sitting there i've never really been that good being glued to a bike and I yeah. love people. I want to be in a well, studio. They just, launched, they just launched the bar um, class. So I'm going to try that one out. Um, but, and also that I want to return my bike and get the new one that swivels. 
But I did just buy, speaking of shouting out a product, there is a product I bought. It's on backwater, but you can, it, it turns your bike into a, the Peloton plus where you can turn your screen so that when ah. you're out, you can turn it to do the other stuff. So I'll let okay. you know how that goes. Um, but thank you again, Megan, for being here, Marissa. Love you. See you. I don't know when. And Ming, <laughs> see you soon. See you soon. Ming at Share Universe. Thank you so much for doing our sound. And so excited to get this out there to our listeners because I think so much of what you said will resonate. And can't wait to read your book. Yay! Thank you. I love the sweatshirt too. I love your sweatshirt. So cute. Thank you, Megan. Have a great rest of your day. Congratulations again, by the way. Thank you so much. Yay.